it is good to be in your house today. Lord, I am thankful for the message and song that we've already been challenged by. Lord, just to remember to stand still and wait for your leadership and direction. That is something that we all need by way of reminder from time to time. And Lord, just to think about the day that one day we'll get to see you face to face, to know you by the the prints of your hands, Lord, that's, that's an amazing thing to think about. So we've already been blessed, or at least I have, by song. And I pray that this sermon would be a help to us as well. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind us that last week we looked at verses 10 and 12. And in looking at these verses, I pointed out to us how Paul began addressing the church generally once more. As you know, in the previous verses, he had been addressing specific groups uh, individually. And so last week, it was in verses 10 and 12 that he began addressing believers collectively. And in doing so, he reminded them of this, that they were engaged in spiritual warfare. They were engaged in spiritual battle. And I tried to remind us last week that nothing has changed. In the 2,000 years since Paul wrote this letter, you and I are still engaged in spiritual warfare. We are still engaged in spiritual battles. And that is the nature of most of the battles that we face. Most everything that we deal with, most everything that we confront, it has a spiritual issue at its root. And so as I talked about that last week, I talked about how many times we are victorious in these spiritual battles that we face, and that tends to give us a spirit of independence. We think that whatever life throws at us, whatever Satan may throw at us, that we can handle it. But every once in a while, life gives us things that we weren't expecting, and we, in our own strength, cannot be victorious. And so what Paul reminded the believers of was this, is that we can stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So God, through his strength and God, through his might, makes it possible for you and I to be victorious in the midst of the spiritual battles. So we have to recognize that, we have to accept it, and the sooner we accept it, the faster we accept it, the happier and more content we will be as individuals. So that's what we talked about last week. Today we're going to continue on that, we're going to build upon that, and there will be some overlap in thought, I'm aware of that. But I want to begin this morning by talking about something that is true of me, and some of you would have a similar testimony. And the testimony would be this that I could give, is that while I do not have the most impressive collection of tools and and things like that, I have been able to acquire some over the years. Okay, now some of you ladies would be like, who cares about power saws and chainsaws and drills and things like that. I I know some of you ladies don't care, but some of us men do care about that, okay? And so I've enjoyed over the years buying equipment. I've enjoyed buying different supplies and storing them in the garage. And again, a lot of people would look at what I have and they'd say, that's nothing. You ought to see my garage. I get it, but for me, I'm content, okay? Now that being the case, this would be true in our family that I have a better tool selection than what Nathan has. Okay, I've lived a little bit longer than Nathan. I've found myself in the midst of a few more projects than what Nathan has found himself in. So I do have a few more tools 
than what he has got. And so over the years, what I have said to Nathan is this, is, son, if you need anything that I have, you're welcome to use it. You don't need my permission. You don't need to call and say, hey, dad, can I borrow this? Could I use this? That, that, that's not necessary. All you've got to do is come down to the house, pick up whatever it is you need, and it's yours to use. You're my son. I am more than happy for you to use it if you need it. So that's available to him. He has access to everything that I possess. The key is this. Will he take advantage of it when he needs it? Will he take advantage of what I have to offer when he needs it? Or will he try to make do with what he has? Now, this morning as we remember that thought maybe, and hopefully it'll help us connect the dots of the scripture in our minds, I want to remind us one more time that Paul made this clear that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. He said in verse number 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is what we are up against in our everyday lives from a spiritual perspective. And as that is the case, I want us to begin looking this morning in the last part of verse number 11. In the last part of verse number 11, here is what Paul said. He said that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. As we think about that statement this morning, I want us to understand what Paul is talking about whenever he speaks of the wiles of the devil. A wile would be this. We could describe it like this that it is a strategy for the purpose of deception or entrapment. All right? It is a strategy for the purpose of deception or entrapment. Here is what Paul said to the believers of Ephesus, and here is what he would say to you and I, is that in this spiritual battle that we're a part of, in this spiritual warfare that we engage in, here is the attack, and here is the approach that Satan uses. He uses this strategy of deception and entrapment, or deception for the purpose of entrapment. You know this as well as I do. We've all heard this said before. I've said it. You've said it. It's a common statement. But the reality of Satan's approach in the spiritual battle and the approach of Satan in the spiritual warfare is this, is he is never honest and upfront with what he is trying to accomplish in the life of a person. Satan never makes his plans and his intentions known. No, he is always involved in the practice of deception for the purpose of entrapment. Satan, hear this, Satan will never come up to us and say, with this situation you find yourself in, I'm trying to destroy your marriage. Satan will never say that. Satan is never going to come up to us as parents and say, now based on this situation that you find yourself in and based on this situation where you now have these questions, I'm going to try to destroy your children. Satan will never say that. 
Satan is never going to be honest. Satan is never going to be transparent. Satan will never be forthright in his plans or his desires. Satan is always going to engage in the act of deception for the purpose of entrapment. Again, we all know this, we've all heard this, and most of us have said this, that if Satan were ever honest with his intentions and his plans, we'd see right through it and we'd never fall for it. All right, it's just something that we would be smart enough to not go down that road if we knew what he was really trying to accomplish. So again, in this spiritual warfare, in this spiritual battle that we're all engaged in, Paul said that Satan's approach is through the wiles or through the deception for the purpose of entrapment. But if you'll notice there in verse number 14, he also said this, that ye may, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. So Paul is talking about the day in which they were living in, and he described it as the evil day. The evil day. What is an evil day? Well, an evil day could be called an ungodly day or a wicked day, but it would also be something like this, a hard or difficult day. A hard or difficult day, a hard or difficult time, a hard or difficult season of life. Now think about this. 2,000 years ago, they knew what it was like to live in hard and difficult times, didn't they? It's not as though 2,000 years ago life was easy and life was perfect and everyone was just flittering around talking about how wonderful everything was. No, they lived in hard and difficult times just like you and I live in hard and difficult times. And again, here is what Satan desires to do. Satan loves and desires to attack when people are going through hard, difficult days. Most spiritual victories on the part of Satan are not accomplished when people are doing well. Most spiritual victories accomplished on the part of Satan, many times I should say, maybe not most, but many times they are accomplished by him when people are having hard times. We're vulnerable when we're going through difficult times. So here is Paul writing about the spiritual warfare and the spiritual battle that all of us are engaged in. And he talks about the wiles of the devil, how Satan likes to deceive and entrap. And then he talks about the evil days that they were a part of and the evil days, obviously, that we're a part of. It still applies. And in all of this, I want us to see what Paul said. He said, it is the desire of God and it is the desire of himself that when they were under attack, when Satan was doing his best to trick them, deceive them, entrap them in the midst of discouragement, whatever it was, he said, this is my desire and more importantly, God's desire that you would stand. How do we know? Well, notice there in verse number 11, he said, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then in verse number 13, he said, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 
Again, what did Paul say God's desire was? He said it is God's desire as well as his own that when the wiles of the devil come against us and in the midst of the evil days, the hard times, the difficult times, he said it is God's desire that you stand. What does it mean to stand? It means this, to be firm or to be fixed, to be established. It it means don't allow yourself to be defeated or, or drawn into spiritual defeat in the midst of the deception or in the midst of the hard times. God wants you to be established. God wants you to be fixed. God wants you to be firm. Again, you cannot do this on your own. You cannot do this in your own strength. You cannot do this in your own power, but God wants you to stand. Well, if that's what Paul wanted and if that's what God wanted for them, then obviously that's what God wants for us, right? If Satan is in the process of trying to deceive you and entrap you right now, what does God want from you? He wants you to withstand that. He wants you to be firm and not be sucked into this. If God is, or if Satan rather, is wanting to to, to use the discouragements in your life and the hardships of your life to, to get you away from God, what does God want you and me to do? He wants us to stand firm and not fall as a victim to Satan's attacks. He wants us to stand. And I know I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. We cannot do this in our own power, and we can't do this in our own strength. You and I cannot wake up and say, all right, I'm going to fight Satan today, and I'm going to to take care of this. And whenever he tries to deceive me, I'm not going to be deceived. And whenever he tries to, to use discouragement, he'll not be successful. We can't do this on our own. Maybe this is a bit redundant, but, but we've got to look to God as the one to see us through these moments of life. And not only do we have to look to his power and his might, like we looked at last week, notice what he said in verse number 11 and in verse number 13. He said, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. What do I want us to see? I want us to see this, that God has equipped us for the purpose of standing like he wants us to stand by giving us the armor of God. See, God never said to them, and God has never said to us, go out there and do your best, kiddos. He hasn't. He has said in the scripture that I am going to give you the armor. What is the armor? It is anything that is used for the purpose of defense. See, here's what God has done. He has given us what we need to defend ourselves against the wiles of the devil in this evil day. Now again, in the weeks to come, we'll look at what the armor of God is. It starts there in verse number 14, where he says, Stand therefore, having your learns girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. It goes on for the next couple of verses, but here's what I want us to see, is that God makes available to his children what we need to withstand the wiles of the devil in this evil day. That cannot be denied. Every resource needed, he has made available to us. 
So kind of like my relationship with Nathan, here is what God would say to us. Here's the armor. Here's what you need. Here is what is available. But go back to verse number 11. He said, put on the whole armor. Verse number 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Somebody says, what does that mean? Well, think about this. Think about the clothes that you have on this morning. Who dressed you? You dressed yourself, right? That's how it works when we reach adulthood. We get to dress ourselves. Okay, so the fact that I'm wearing a suit and tie this morning, it's because I made the choice to wear a suit and tie. Susie did not lay out my clothes last night and say, you better wear this in the morning. No, I'm a big kid and I decide whether or not I'm going to wear a suit and tie, correct? Somebody may say your tie doesn't match. Well, that's my fault because I'm the one who picked it out. I think it looks good, okay? I'm trying to show us something. I'm the one who decided what to wear today and you're the one who decided what you would wear today. Well, friends, armor is something that is available. But God's not going to make us wear it. This armor of God that is available, again, it's kind of like the tools that I have in the garage that are available to Nathan. It's all there. Well, the armor that God has for me for the purpose of of defense against the attacks that Satan would throw at me, it's all there. But it's my choice as to whether or not I will put on the armor that I might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. He has given me truth. He has given me righteousness. He has given me all these things. But I have to be willing to put it on so that I don't fall prey to what Satan would throw at me by way of deception. So here's Paul saying, listen, believers, you're involved in spiritual battle. You're involved in spiritual warfare. That is the bulk of what you will face and be challenged with in your everyday lives. You're not going to be able to handle this on your own. You're going to need his might. You're going to need his power. You will need his strength. You will need his help, and you'll need the full armor of God. But you have to decide whether or not you'll put it on. If you don't put it on, you don't stand a chance. If you don't put it on, he will deceive you and he will entrap you and he'll make your life miserable. If you don't look to him for his power and his might and his strength, and and if you don't look to him and the armor that he provides, if you're not willing to put it on for whatever reason, he will defeat you at some point in your life. As I was thinking about this and as I was trying to put my thoughts together, I was thinking about the culture that we're a part of. We're, we're kind of a, a part of a culture, are we not, that loves excuses? And we're, we're part of a culture that kind of loves to, to play the blame game. It's not our fault. 
It's not our fault, people like to say. Now, again, I I know this is going to sound redundant. Some may say this isn't necessary, but I I want to break this down in as simplest of terms as as I know how to by way of application. I want to ask you this morning, how many of us have ever seen someone who fell prey to the wiles of the devil? We've all seen it. We've, we've all seen the person who became deceived in one way or another, and, and they became entrapped by what Satan threw out there. We've all seen it. We have all seen people in the midst of evil days, in the midst of hard days, in the midst of those trying, discouraging, difficult days. We've all seen people who have been defeated in their spiritual lives. Isn't it amazing the excuses that people like them like to use? They like to say things like this, it wasn't my fault. You don't understand. You don't understand the situations. You don't understand the details. You don't understand what all was going on. I'm not going to take the time to tell you everything because you wouldn't believe it anyways. You know what the problem is? Is they don't want to admit that they didn't put on the full armor of God. Because the armor was there and the armor was available so that they could stand. But the reason they did not stand and the reason that they were entrapped and the reason that they were deceived is because they did not put on the armor that God made available. Somebody says, well, man, I've just been so discouraged lately. It's just been so hard lately. It's just been so tough lately. And that's why I'm not where I'm supposed to be. No, listen, the reason that you're not where you're supposed to be, you could say to that person is this, is because you're You're not putting on the armor of God like is available to you. Again, we live in this excuse-driven world. We live in this blame-game-driven world. And the reality is this, is when someone falls prey to the attacks of Satan, it is because they did not look to God for the help and the protection they need. It's all there. Will they put it on? Will they take it unto themselves? It's up to them. But if they fail, it's obvious that they didn't. So for just a moment, let's make it just a little bit more personal, and then we'll be done. If we fail, we have no excuse. Let's hear that. If we fail in our spiritual lives, we have no excuse. If we become deceived in any area of our lives and we get entrapped and we don't realize it till later, it is no one's fault but our own. We don't have to act excited about this, but it's true. I I couldn't stand before you one day and say, hey, listen, you just don't understand. It's tough being a pastor. What does that have anything to do with it? I've got the whole armor of God provided to me just like anyone else. 
if I become deceived and if I begin to be entrapped by the wiles of the devil, it's not anyone's fault but my own. I can't look and say, well, if Susie was the wife she was supposed to be, I would have been the better man. No, that's, that's nonsense. I've got the armor of God, period. I have no excuse. You can't look at society and say, well, you know, if it wasn't for this society, my kids wouldn't have fouled up so bad. That's nonsense. That is blaming society for our failure to put on the armor of God for our family like it needed to be put on. I can't blame the circumstances of life. I can't blame the culture. I can't blame discouragement. You know, it's just been so hard. It's just been so difficult lately. It's just been such a challenge lately. And, and, and I've, I, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but it's just been so hard. That's nonsense. I have his strength. I have his power. I have his might available to me. He has given me the whole wardrobe of armor to, to defend myself. If I let discouragement defeat me, if I let hard times defeat me, if I become bitter, if I become resentful, if I become critical, if I become that person, it's not because of the circumstances of life. It's because I looked at the armor there on the shelf, so to speak, and I decided, I don't need that. I hope this makes sense. I do. It's a spiritual battle. What I'm facing and what you're facing, what we're dealing with, it's spiritual in nature. We can never lose sight of that. It's spiritual. And if we don't want to become the victim of Satan's attack, we better admit, I can't do this on my own. I need his power. I need his might. And I better not be too proud to put on the armor that he's made available to me. It's there, it's available for all of his children. We don't even have to ask if it's okay. He's already told us it's okay. Just put it on. Amen. Will we put on the armor of God? Or will we try to fight the battle in our own strength? If we fight it in our own strength and in our own craftiness, in our own intellect, whatever you'd like to call it, we will go down miserably. Put on the whole armor. Take unto you the whole armor of God so that you can stand. Every one of us need to be reminded of that. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. I want to thank you that Paul reminded the believers of Ephesus, that he reminds us this morning that we have everything we need to withstand everything that Satan would throw at us. And there are no excuses for defeat. There are no excuses for us to not come out on the other side victorious. So Lord, whatever the attack is, whatever the issue is that some may be facing today, I pray that you'd help us to be reminded again we can't do this in our own strength and we need to put on the armor that you've made available to us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.